Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. If you are a child of God, and if a child, an heir, and if an heir, a citizen in heaven already, so to speak, if he's taken you from a purposeless existence to a purposeful existence based on his sovereign grace, that you would understand that he will enable you to endure the hardships of this life, to bring to mind the things that will grant you peace. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every giant will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are continuing with Pastor Keith's teaching series from the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles... Please turn with us today to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study. And so we want to pray that people would, as they grow in Christ, as they study His Word, as, that they would begin to see the world around them more clearly, not through that mirror dimly, and that they would see that they have an inheritance that before they could not have imagined or, or even conceived of. And even filled by the Spirit, informed by the Word, we still cannot grasp that inheritance exhaustively, but we can grasp it sufficiently to know that we can trust Christ, that He will never abandon or forsake us. And in that, we can be empowered to do great things, to sustain great hardship. Even under the worst of circumstances, I was thinking today, I was thinking when I was doing the sermon, preparing the sermon, and today, of a 39-year-old engaged-to-be-married pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer as he was being marched up the scaffolding naked to be hanged by the Nazis for his faith. He knew that Christ would see him through the trial. He did not flinch. He did not panic. He did not recant. He didn't give up names of people in the resistance. Why? Because he knew he had Christ, right? And he knew, if you've read his book, The Cost of Discipleship, 
that the cost of discipleship can be great, but the reward, the inheritance can be greater. But I will tell you this, while he grasped that sufficiently, he never imagined in his wildest dreams, I bet, that after his death, his writings would impact generation upon generation of Christian as they began to find some of the stuff in his prison cell in 1945 and as they published his works and as his works have never gone out of print, to my knowledge. He couldn't see the details of what lie ahead, but he knew his Savior and that was sufficient because he had this inner realization of the degree of blessing that he had. You need to pray that prayer for others daily. This is a prayer for all seasons. Not just when things are good, but when things are bad. In fact, when things are good, sometimes Christians actually operate worse. The church does better under adversity than it does under prosperity. And so pray for your fellow believers here at Hillside Church for a greater realization to the degree of which they have been blessed in Christ that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened, that they would know what is the hope to which God has called them, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. It's that realization, that inner realization, that knowledge that will sustain them. Paul describes it in Philippians, I guess, as the peace that surpasses all human understanding. And I suppose this gets back to that spirit of illumination or revelation, a spirit of wisdom that enlightens your heart and your conscience to your true hope, a true certainty, the treasure of your calling, your faithfulness of that calling, and what it will bring in terms of eternal reward. Not just from a sense of uh, self-blessing, but from a sense of understanding a greater vision for this life and the life to come. I think you get a taste of this. There's a, pat, a little verse in Psalm 119, verse 18. David writes in the Psalms, praying for himself. It's almost as he gets a sniff of the, the uh, sufficiency that God will provide in his word to understand, maybe not exhaustively, but sufficiently, what God's will is, what God's word has in store for him, this inner realization. And David prays in Psalm 119, 18, open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. The wondrous things that come out of your law. David may not know or may not have known all the treasures that lie ahead for him, but he knows that they're there. And he knows that they're going to be found, that clarity is going to be granted, understanding, realization, apprehension is going to be found in the scriptures. And what an inheritance, wondrous things. All this is bound up in belonging to God. We cannot perceive this unless the eyes of our hearts are opened and further and further up we go, further and further in we go in the study of God's word. And so you pray that others may be enlightened you sort of see this taking place in luke's gospel you see this uh with the disciples there's two accounts one on the emmaus road and one where they're gathered together and this is post uh crucifixion and no doubt can you imagine having your savior who you thought was going to restore israel crucified that he was going to be that he's dead and he's in a tomb and now that they're hearing it that he's resurrected and they're trying to make sense of how all this works 
And their answer came from Jesus, from a resurrected Christ. And I just share these words with you from Luke 24, 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He saw to it that they came to an inner realization of all they had in Christ, the eyes of their hearts being enlightened, that the Savior must, the Christ must first suffer. And they, they gained that insight. And they couldn't grasp everything that lie ahead for them, martyrdom for all but one. That these men, these frail men, would turn the whole world upside down. That billions would be blessed beyond belief because of them throughout history. They prayed for understanding. You know they were struggling at the crucifixion and God gave it to them. You want to pray this way for other people. Now, sadly, there's a reverse image of this. You know, we look at the positive side of it. There is a negative side. What do I mean by that? There are those who have met God, who have encountered God, and yet they only discover after they've turned away from him what they've lost. They gain a realization of what they forfeited. And there's a picture of this in Genesis 3, 7, where Adam and Eve chose to sin against God. They chose to betray God because they wanted to be like God, and Satan told them a lie that was half true, and a half truth is a whole lie. They, they, if they disobeyed God, they would be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when they had done it, when they had partaken of the forbidden fruit, it says this, Then the eyes of both were opened, And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths in a pitiful attempt to cover their sin. After their act of treason, the eyes of their hearts were enlightened to the gravity of their situation. But because we have been blessed by God with salvation, and it appears they would later be blessed by God with salvation because we have been blessed by God beyond belief with every spiritual blessing, let us pray for that type of positive inner realization of of the degree of blessing that our brothers and sisters and all of us have in Christ. How do you do that? Well, start by praying for spiritual growth for others as they read the word of God. Pray for people in your Bible study. Pray for people in your fellowship group. Pray for people in your small group. Pray for, maybe you're a Sunday school teacher. Maybe you, you work in the preschool. Maybe you're, you're a helper. Maybe you're an elder. Pray that people will come to an inner realization. That it will, they will internalize it. It's not something external that they pay lip service to. That they will grasp the blessing they have in Christ. And that that understanding, that grasp that they lay hold to will change them as they gain greater and greater clarity of just how good they have it in Christ. That even when trial hits, they won't panic nor engage in the temporary insanity of betraying their witness. Makes me think of of a group of men called the Oxford Martyrs. Martyrs. They were executed October 16, 1555, one later. Mary, the Queen of England, uh, she brought tried to reinstate Catholicism into England, and she had these men burn at the stake. Hugh Latimer, Bishop of Worcester, and Nicholas Ridley, Bishop of London. Uh, They would not recant their faith, and, and these two men, and later a man named Thomas Cramner, were burned at the stake. And as the flames began to engulf them, Hugh Latimer turned to 
Ridley and said, Master Ridley, play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England that it shall never be put out. Can you imagine? How on earth were they able to keep it together? Because they realized, as bad as that situation was, the riches of their inheritance were greater. And that God, who causes all things to work together for good, would use this for good. And so this man in the flames turns to this other man in the flames and says, play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as never to be put out. How could they do this? Were they spiritual giants? Were they supermen? Were they Marvel action heroes? You see all these ridiculous heroes, right? DC, whatever. No, they didn't have superpowers. They did it by faith alone in Christ alone. They were able to trust. They had some sense, the eyes of their hearts being enlightened, that they would know what is the hope that he has called them to, what were the riches of his glorious grace and the inheritance of the saints toward them. The flames of the fire would prove them to be flesh and bone. But they knew there was a greater inheritance yet to come beyond what they could see then and there. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way in terms of Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. For the joy set before him endured the cross. The God-man, fully man and fully God, realized the greater was yet to be. And that inner realization could sustain him in the garden where he would say, Father, not what I will, but what you will. Seeing it sufficiently will enable God to work in you his favor and his good pleasure. Things that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Whether it is the walk of faith in a country like ours or the walk of martyrdom, in other countries around the world. Third ingredient, finally. Pray for a resultant grasp of the power made available. Pray that people, people you know in Christ, people in the church, the leaders here, the people, quote unquote, in the pew or in the chairs, that the person next to you, in front of you, or behind you will in light of being blessed beyond belief, will understand the power that is made available to them if they will trust in Christ and the big things as well as the small things. You see this in verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? Make this your prayer for others that they would understand what is the immeasurable, immeasurable, and I want you to think about that, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us, us who, who believe, according to the working of his great might. You pray for other people. Pray this for yourself too. That more and more that God would open the eyes of their hearts, of your heart, giving you a spirit, a faculty, an ability of wisdom and revelation so that you can know, that you can know the power that lies at your disposal and lay hold to it. That you may understand the power of God sufficiently that you can trust him. If he brought you from death into life, if he raised Christ from the dead, if you are a child of God, and if a child, an heir, and if an heir, a citizen in heaven already, so to speak, 
if he's taken you from a purposeless existence to a purposeful existence based on his sovereign grace, that you would understand that he will enable you to endure the hardships of this life, to bring to mind the things that will grant you peace. Pray that they will understand what the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might. Remembering them in his prayers, the apostle prays that the Ephesians would be given enlightened eyes so that they may see and discern this truth in order to translate their hope into a glorious assurance and of the fact that they will receive their full inheritance. God has, is, is working in his great power through them. God has at his disposal as great a power as he exhibited when he raised his son from the dead. And the apostle, this apostle is saying, do not despair. You can rely on that infinite power. And you want to pray that they realize that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in them and its effectiveness in them can grow and grow as they seek God's face. That they would remember that the God who chose them in them before the foundation of the world, that they would be holy and blameless before him, has given them a calling and a hope that is a certainty and a purpose and has placed, therefore, an ability to do the works that he has prepared for them beforehand, as it talks about in Ephesians 2.10. And so you pray that they will take courage in this. Ephesians 3.7, Paul talks about it in this way, speaking of himself, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which has given me, which was given me by the working of his power. In other words, Paul's calling, his ministry, his turning the world upside down was achieved because God has invested him with this power. He writes to the believers at Philippians, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. Your sanctification, your spiritual growth is because the power of God is working in you and working through you and working for you. And Paul wants the church at Ephesus and he wants us to know and he prays for them and we need to pray for each other that we will realize what is the immeasurable greatness of the power that God has towards all of us who believe. That his great might is working in us. That, you know, we look at ourselves and say, well, I can't do this. You're right, you can't. But he can through you if you'll let him work that out. You have no idea what God can do through you. And so pray that he will give others and you some insight into what some translations call the strength of his might so that you may lay hold to it, that you may place your confidence not in your own flesh but in him and know that he'll never give you more than you can handle. We forget, as James writes in James 1.18, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be kind of a first fruits of his creation. In other words, you were saved to serve. And he has raised you up, as we've talked about again and again and again, for such a time as this. And so you need to understand that. And that he, he will see you through. 
you need to understand that there is a power working in you and through you on your little piece of redemptive real estate here on the world stage that means you cannot fail. God will accomplish his purposes to will and to work his good pleasure. And so we want to pray for each other. We want to pray for ourselves. You need to pray for me and the elders that we would grasp the power made available to us if we will trust him. I mean, think about it. It tells us in Hebrews that Abraham offered up Isaac. He assumed if God asked him to sacrifice the son through whom he would raise up great nations, that he would raise that son up from the dead. He didn't understand how. He didn't understand what was going to go on, but he knew the power of God. If this God could cause him and his wife, when they were as good as dead, it says in Hebrews, to conceive and raise a child, then whatever he asked of Abraham with regard to that child, Abraham would do. Because he had some grasp of the power of God. Pray that others will too. Pray that you will. How do you develop it? Well, by way of application, start building it up brick by brick right now. How? Habituate this practice of prayer. Start building it up brick by brick now by reading your Bible. I know. You always say that. Read the Bible. That's right. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Don't look at your little devotional book. That's okay if you want to do that. Don't look at your little Instagram Bible verse for the day. That is not devotion. That's encouraging, but it's not the study of God's Word. Read your Bible because you cannot cram for life, right? And as you get ready to read your Bible, as David said, pray, open my eyes, O Lord, to the wondrous things in your law. And don't just come to church for one service on Sunday. Get involved, get connected. There are, you know, we, have all, we have a men's retreat coming, right? We have adorned today for ladies. We have fellowship groups. And when you come, come with an anticipation that the Lord is going to open your eyes to wonderful things. So I guess if I had to say it in summary, incorporate these three active ingredients into your prayer, right? Start now. Pray these kinds of things daily. Pray for spiritual insight for believers in this church and for yourself. Insight and understanding. Pray for an inner realization to the degree of blessing that you have received. And pray for a resultant grasp of the power that is made available to you. You can't conceive of these things exhaustively, but as you grow in Christ, you can conceive of these things sufficiently. And so make these three ingredients, three essential ingredients of your prayer life because these compose a prayer for all seasons, no matter who you are or where you stand these days. And as you do, just wait and see what God will do. Expect to be astounded. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for Paul's model for prayer, Lord. A prayer that he prays for this group. He doesn't list people by name even, but he prays for all the saints that they would have spiritual insight and understanding, that they would realize the degree of their blessing, that they would grasp the power that you have made available to them in Christ and through Christ. 
and that they would live changed lives, that they would be changed, the eyes of their hearts enlightened. Father, help us to pray fervently every day in this way. Help us to incorporate these ingredients into our prayer lives. And whatever happens, we'll give you the glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.